three, two, one. Hello, everyone. This is Motel A&M Podcast. I'm Michael, joined with... Alex. And it's a podcast where we talk about everything and anything. So why don't we get started? Why are we here today, Mike? Um, interesting question that you should ask. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is something that we've always kind of talked about doing, but we've ever, never actually done it. I think it's because, one, we don't really know much about podcasting, and two... There's a lot that kind of goes into podcasting. After researching, I feel like it's not as hard as what I thought it was going to be. But in terms of like getting everything together, how we want it, it's going to take time to build there. But if, you know, everything goes well, I think this is something I see myself enjoying and doing a lot. I agree with that. I just uh, feel like you and me as a unit. We just mesh so well where we could just pretty much just put everything on the table and not even have to think about it. Yeah, kind of thing. And, and for like a lot of people that don't know who we are, um, again, I'm Michael, and 27 years old, college student, just trying to figure things out in life. But we play a lot of Rocket League together, and a lot of people that do know me know I love that game. And my doubles partner is Alex, of course. And another thing that inspired us to kind of do is we have a lot of really good conversations on the uh, rocket league while we're playing sometimes we're just chilling and vibing out and what do you know like we have like this two or three hour five hour conversations that just just seems so good and my little brother actually was like when are you guys gonna start a podcast and then that's that's kind of how this started just to throw all our ideas out there and share it to the world i think that's also something that's also really enjoy about a podcast is the fact that when we're in the vibe really it just conversation just keep pouring out i agree right so why don't we get a conversation going then all right <clears throat> all right so there's a big thing going on right now in the world and i'm pretty sure you know what i'm talking about covid19 COVID? yeah <laughs> yeah let's talk about covid yeah so i know you're in the medical field Mm-hmm. What what do you think has uh, done the most impact to, you know, people from that world, medical field? Uh, like uh, medical professions, like how it affects them or? Just, you know, how, how have you seen people like take it? Like, I know I have a few friends that are saying, oh, it might not even be real. But I'm pretty sure you've seen mm-hmm. people pass mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty much um, the area that we're in. It's not that it's too much to handle. We're just not heavily impacted like places like New York, Texas, Florida, where these nurses, doctors, lab techs, radiology techs, um, anybody that's involved in treating a patient, we're kind of like in a nice tushy spot. And I know it kind of sounds weird to say, but we're not getting like overwhelmingly um impacted at the hospital because we have enough rooms to keep these people uh to get treatment pretty much um mm-hmm. but like you know you've heard in new york at the beginning how they were just they had to build like what was it new hospitals uh, new hospitals like china did the same thing they had to build the hospital and you know i've heard stories i actually read a story in new york i believe like correct me if i'm wrong but there was a hospital 
that they pretty much sent all their COVID patients to, and the hospital was just not up to par. And I'm really how like just glad that we didn't have to go through something like that, because uh, that would be truly devastating to see people not you know living in standards that you would expect a hospital to live up to. You know, like clean water, uh, a morgue that has enough space for people who have passed, or just not not interrupt you there but just like even just that demoralizes you as a person you'd be like well this is where it's gonna end pretty much if it's not even up to par yeah yeah and that's always that's something i'm grateful about our areas like i said we didn't get extremely impacted enough to make you know top headline news um but i'm glad that i was able to go through or or i'm still part of the experience i think we're all part of it doing our own uh jobs um and it's just really exciting to, you know, in 20, 40, 50, 60 years, we could say we're part of this crazy event that's happening right now. But to answer your, yeah, to answer your question, um, people, I've heard people, I've heard doctors, even here in our small area, uh, that they're sad. They feel sad because they're pretty much sending people home to die because, and this was at the beginning more, more or less, um, and that's because we didn't have a way to treat COVID. And technically, we still don't have a way to treat COVID. So they were sending people home with some antibiotics. Just to quarantine. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's sad because when you're a nurse, you go through like two years or even more of schooling to like help save lives. And I would hope that a lot of nurses keep that in mind and, you know, have that mentality when they're at the hospital. And to kind of, like, not be able to do your job or to not feel helpful, I'm pretty sure that takes a huge effect on a lot of people. Just a person are, in general. Yeah. I had a friend that was on seventh floor, and that's the COVID uh, ward. She went through, like, seven, I believe it was seven codes, and she said she took uh, part compression for all of them, and that weekend was really bad because there was, I believe, like, 15 deaths. In just three days, and I'm that's a lot. Who knows more? Yeah, and she was part of all of it, and you know, people are scared about the whole COVID situation, even if they think it's real or not. And you could tell people are scared, and it sounds really harsh, but not everybody wants to help because they're terrified of getting to to the person, like to the uh, uh, person who needs help. I guess I would say the the one thing I do want to add is I feel like our community. I do feel like they're, you know, scared about it. Mm-hmm. But when this whole like pandemic started, our community didn't really care. No masks, all yeah, that stuff. And I feel like really that's, long time. that's what really when we started to get like a huge spread, mm-hmm. and it affected. Well, for the view, for the listeners, I should say, we we're not a rich, you know, part of the nation. No, not at we're all. Probably, we're really, you know, we need help. But, not to mention but like the hospitals aren't ready we well just killer. we didn't have testing for a good amount of time too mm-hmm. and i feel like that's when we started getting that huge spike that people weren't getting tested well, and then remember, when they did yeah go ahead remember, sorry do you remember that one weekend i don't know if it was like memorial day or labor day weekend we had was it a fair i can't remember what what it was but there was a weekend where people just completely ignored all precaution signs or you know taking precaution steps and that's when we saw a huge spike i remember reading the report for our city and we went from like having like 200 to 
I think it was like 800. So we went like in three days, we went up like up 500 cases. I was like, oh my goodness. that's. And insane. then every day after that, it was, we were going in the thousands. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's also kind of scary to see. It's like, I feel like Merced, sorry. I feel like Merced is an area that um, is really good about following directions, but I do agree. Like everybody was pretty nonchalant about it. I guess that's the correct term I would say. Yeah. Or just, I don't even want to say, but maybe ignorant to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Now, do you think it's because um, part of it is not understanding the actual, like, physiology and biology of the disease? Um, one, I remember one instance we had gone out with some of our other friends to get ice cream, and we were waiting outside, and a gentleman came out, and he's like, I'm laughing at the people who still still wear masks, and that's when I realized, like, people are ignorant no matter how much like you stuff that's happening them. in the world yeah like people just won't understand it because they they don't see it or they don't understand and that's when i really like figured out like okay like there has to be a different approach to combating covid and taking proper precautions yeah i agree with that well <clears throat> let's uh segue a little bit past uh well it's, i i do want to get your take on how do you feel like sports are handling cuz you know we just had the NBA bubble where they literally couldn't leave it, but they were testing every day and uh, no one came out positive. Thank God. But like yeah. right now, I don't know if you've heard the NFL is getting so much. Uh, some games are getting uh, canceled. There's a lot of cases popping up on a lot of teams. So how do you think, you know, sports are handling it wise? Um, sports. I miss them. I miss hearing. Whistles blowing. I miss hearing people screaming in the stands. And I think it's weird because this past weekend while I was working, um, the rooms had TVs on and clearly a lot of them were watching the sports. Mm-hmm. And it was just so weird to see, like, not all these stands were filled, but the stadiums weren't being filled. But, like, it sounded like there was, like, 10,000 people in the stadium. Yeah. And it must be really weird for the players. But in cases of, like, how the NFLs take or, like, handling the situation, uh, I can't really give a good response because I don't really follow um, like the health with the NFL or any any sort of sports. But I feel like I feel like they should wait. And I know that like a lot of people probably disagree. Like it's time for us to get back to normal. But I mean, even though it's not in the news or like just out and about, like you don't hear much about COVID anymore. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't mean that it's you know it's not there. Like it's, it's still there. like Ebola is still here. Like people don't understand. Like there are cases still popping up with Ebola in the United States. I feel. Um, and just so like recently, yeah, wasn't there a, a Lake Tahoe scare for like the, the plague or whatever? I didn't. Oh yeah, I do. Remember. Yeah, <laughs> people were like flocking over there, and they're like, the bubonic plague is back. There's been a case or two. I mean, I feel like uh, that's. That should be a perfect example. Like we should never drop total precautions because we don't hear about it or, or see it every day. Just, yeah. just be careful is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because uh, I did want to segue a little bit because the arenas are placing people around uh, going by state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Texas and um, <clears throat> well, I'm an Eagles fan for anyone out there. So go Eagles. They are, they're going to start uh, adding fans into the stadium as well. Yeah, I think so, I read like only ten percent capacity, or like a certain percentage is allowed to be in the stadiums now. And here's Which I think what is, funny, is, you know? is weird to me: like, how do you place people? Like, oh, I have a family of eight. 
oh, you want to, you know, you want to be closer to the field? That's what's, like, throwing me off. Like, how are you placing people well enough, far enough to not, you know, spread it, even if they do or don't have it? Mm-hmm. In a perfect world, I think, um, you know, it would be up to the stadium to, to, to be like, okay, who wants to buy this seat? And are you willing to pay this much? And how many spaces are you going to want? And then they would plan around that one family, and they would keep planning around um, everybody. You know, like, okay, we have a family of four here. We got to move six spaces out. And we can set another family of two or three in this general area. So I feel like that's how it should be, but I'm not really sure. I feel like you know. it's a waste of resources to write. Let's, let's get it, like, you know, down to almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we could start, you know, living back in the perfect world we had. Yeah, it's it's going to take a long time for us to get back it's to normal. It's tough. It is tough. Already this year, it's been just, I feel like I feel like 20 or 2020 has just been such a dragged year. I don't not to mention our state. <laughs> yeah, like it's we have nothing to do, and I'm ready to go out. And when I heard that the movies are going to be opening back up, I was like, "Bro, I am so ready to go to the movies. Let's go!" I, did, I didn't know how much I wanted to see a movie until I heard the movies are opening back up. Yeah. and then uh, Regal just announced that they're closing. Yeah, the temporarily yeah. like 580 theaters. I was like, "You can't be doing this, be man. <laughs> I'm not going to LA for a movie." <laughs> oh, um, I don't know if you probably want to try a drive-in movie because I hear those are, you know, going off right well, now. Well, yeah, I was just about to tell you, drive-in movies are coming back and they are popular than ever. The Madeira one, there's a new one in Turlock. We have one in series. Series. I didn't even know there was one in series. So like, it's they're coming it's like back right before Marissa, Yeah, and I feel like. As a group, like if you go with your friends, like that's such a perfect like evening because we're approaching fall, and fall in the valley is just sweater weather. Exactly, like I chill nights, week. eating some pizza. I mean, getting some food and taking it into the some theater. bonfires. Hmm, I'm ready for that type of weather. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we've been talking a lot about COVID. Let's. Uh, why don't we talk about you for for a minute? What? Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and. All right, Alex. I'm uh, just turned 25, so quarter quarter of a century. Yay me. Halfway, uh, <laughs> halfway to halfway to 50. Oh man, don't remind me. My my mom reminds me how old some of my <laughs> uh, my cousins, uh, you know, sons and daughters are, and I just I'm like, how are they that old already? <laughs> and then I start thinking back. I'm like, man, I was like 17, 18 when they were born, and I'm 25 now. You know, just mind-blowing but yeah Uh um so i work in uh fast food i've been doing fast food now for good three years almost and uh i did a lot of warehouse work for a year and it was all right it was good pay but it it does take a toll on your body um you know i'm here still trying to figure out life too i do want to go back to school and figure out what i want to do with my life and uh, we'll see where we go from there, you know? Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know, I think there's a very few amount of people that actually know this. Um, but we actually met working at the same fast food. It was very funny <laughs> yeah. how we met because it was just an instance. Like, of course, like you see your coworkers, but like there's coworkers that you just kind of keep as coworkers. Like you don't really like plan on being friends with. But then there's something that just pops up. Like for us, it was Rocket League. And he was like, you play Rocket League? And I was like, yeah, I, just, I play Rocket League. <laughs> I just heard you in the distance, and I was like, "Wait," because I would only play by myself. 
mm-hmm. <clears throat> to hear someone else play. I'm like, oh man, we have to play, and it just blossomed from there. And for to explain Rocket League, it's just car soccer. That's really all that it is. You're just flying cars with. Thanks for making sound the game so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to break it down to the most simple, I could say some of the craziest things about Rocket League, but honestly, when it comes down to it, the basics for everybody to understand, it's just car soccer. Yeah. And it could get really intense, and there's you could have a lot of fun with people that you play with and mesh well with, and that's kind of where me and Alex kind of uh, started hanging out more. Uh, was because of that one mention of Rocket League at our at our job. The the one thing I do want to say, when I did start Rocket League, I was terrible. And I don't think I'm the greatest yet, but all those <laughs> hours of grinding and just talking is just where we are now, pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I mean, we got to be grateful for that because we would just... <clears throat> I remember some nights we would play from like 5 or 6 in the evening to like 3 or 4 in the morning. And all right, we were well, like, I what are we doing with it? <laughs> I hope my job doesn't hear this, but I used to call in. <laughs> Just to keep playing Rocket yeah, League. I did it once or <laughs> twice too. Like we were was, just having some good nights. Yeah, it was, sometimes the the conversations were just too good to be like, all right, I can't go to bed yet. Like we got to keep talking about this. And not only that, but like the bets that we would make too. Like, all right, we're not quitting until we make this rank or whatever. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times, that's what was happening. <laughs> Made me call it like the ranks. I don't know if you remember recently, but you know we were playing with one of our buddies. And uh, I was getting tired of losing. And I said, all right, next loss, we're getting off. Mm-hmm. We didn't end up getting off for another two hours. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it just, I don't know, we just started winning from there. Yeah, we're a bunch of cool Misfits. guys. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> but we're cool, you know. We chill. Uh, a little bit nerdy, but I think everybody should have a little bit nerd in them or else they're a little boring. But that's just my opinion. So uh, <clears throat> I have a little segue we can get on here. What's up? Uh, so I used to call in not just to play Rocket League. That's true. But the first time I called in, uh, Michael and uh, one of our friends took me out to go eat about two hours away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like to think we're a little bit of food critics out here and we know our stuff when it comes to food. Especially oh, Michael. <laughs> no, Michael is a no. very harsh critic. You, you, uh, well, that's I think I'm not picky. harsh. Yeah, I feel like the pickiness makes me super harsh. But like, I don't know, man. You gotta love what you eat. True. I mean, um, just uh, coincidentally, um, there was a burger joint that opened up literally on the next town over, and me and Michael tried it out for the first time. It was brand new. Like, it's not a chain or anything. It's just a local one. And we loved it so much, I ended up taking my mom, and that's her favorite burger spot now mm-hmm. for life. And like I told Alex, I ordered that on Saturday. And boy, do I got a bone to pick with them. <laughs> they will never sponsor a podcast as long as I live. Damn. <laughs> I, I do like them. I don't know if you want to say no, that. They're, they're good. They're good. They just um, messed up. They just messed up that day. Uh, they messed up a few other times. So, like, I've always. If I've ever had a pick between that and like In and Out, I'm always like, you know, In and Out. But when like when I hang out with you, I do crave um, that it's place. something different. Yeah, well, no, it's just like it's the experience, you know, because when too. you you go hang out with people, like your whole vibe could change or your mood. Because like when I hang out with you, I crave more burgers and ice cream <laughs> and, from, and ice cream uh, and, and Chinese. Chinese, yes, yes. 
we eat a lot of burgers Asian. in the 90s. <laughs> it's, our diet's really not just, so great. Just Asian in general because we love Korean barbecue too. Yeah, Korean barbecue. You, you know, can I poison this man by, with that. <laughs> I found that by mistake. And um, it was during a manager meeting that one of my old bosses took us to for like this huge dinner. And I was shocked. And they were like, you can eat here, whatever you want order whatever you need for a whole two hours and i was like two hours for two hours <laughs> but if you've never been to korean barbecue if you have never heard of it uh mainly you should go for the social experience experience you go with a group of friends and you guys just chill talk out i believe traditionally um it's the youngest that always cooks but i mean who cares about that you know we're, we don't follow rules. We don't follow rules. We're rebels. Um, if I took the youngest, I don't think the dinner or our food would ever be cooked. Whatever right. be, <laughs> be raw. It would, it would be raw. And so you go there, you order your appetizers. That's how usually most of them are. You order appetizers and you order just this buffet of meat. It could be your steak. Choice of entrees. Yeah, it, it's you got meat, chicken, fish, seafood, octopus, all that good stuff. And of course, you get unlimited white rice. And personally, my favorite is pot stickers with uh, shobu shobu. And shobu shobu is or shabu shabu is really thin sliced beef, and it's super. Ugh. It's actually. But do nice. not waste. Do not waste. Yeah, do not waste. You eat, eat what you can. Eat. Yeah, don't don't let your eyes be bigger than your stomach. If you're feeling a little full by you round the, three, and you're like, you know the what, let me do another. Off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and a tip is drink water. Don't drink soda because if you drink soda, you're gonna get full on the soda, and you're not gonna be able to eat much. I always drink a lot of soda, and that's always my downfall. But you know what? Soda's good too. I I did. I think the last time we went, um, with uh, with you our drink a, pal, you drink a lot. Of, you drink a lot of soda in that day too. I did. I think I had like two or three cups. Plus, and we, we had, had the sake bombs. Yeah, we had the sake bomb as well. We were hungry. Dude, I was starving. I think we all had like fasted all day. It was three rounds of three people, so it was pretty good. Yeah, I highly recommend Korean barbecue and go with people that you could, you know, talk to and just have a good time with. I feel traditionally, um, a lot of like our listeners might have parents that really are into that because it's not something that they've ever like experienced. Like when I took my parents there. My oh, mom my parents like, would yeah. be over the moon with that. Really? Yeah. My parents were like, my mom was like, yeah, it's it's good. It's cool. Like, I understand the social vibe. And my dad's like, well, wait, why do I need this? Like, I could just cook this. Yeah, why do we got to cook it? Like, he wasn't, he was not, like, really down for it. And we do Korean barbecue here at my house, and he's not really into it. Like, I feel like he kind of gets kind of grumpy because he's like, I don't want to have to cook all this. Like, it does take a while to cook, especially if you do it at your home with, like, a little, like, I don't know, mediocre grill. Like, it's not it going to be the fastest. It is definitely just to hang out with your friends and catch up. Oh, yeah, for sure. I highly recommend a Korean barbecue any day. Okay, so Mike can go all day and all about K-barbecue. Dude, I'm not He's not <laughs> kidding. I really can't. And to tell you, uh, I meant to tell you today I found out that our place in Fresno is actually open again. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, real quick. Might have to drive out there. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but recently uh, you got sick. Yeah. And hopefully I wanted it's to not. take. Yeah, hopefully it's not anything we suspect. Yeah. Um, but that's something I wanted to take you and our other pal to 
because I feel like the meat there quality is better than the one in two hours away. Yeah. Well, let's get. Uh, I feel like we're some decent food critics. Mm-hmm. Keep going on food. Um, what's your take on street food? Like, what's like one street food you'd be like, oh man, I want this whenever you go out. I feel like I know your answer, but mine, I don't feel like I know my answer. Um, do you, do you, you know, want me to go first? Yeah, you go first, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Okay, can I say what I think you you might think it is? Go for it. Yeah, I feel like yeah, you, well, you know me. I feel okay. Well, now I feel like this. Like I just got like a bunch of pressure just got put on me. <laughs> I feel like it's halal. Like you mentioned halal a lot, and I don't know if there's street vendors in New York. But I remember, I feel like I feel like you did say halal is way better in New York than it is here. So yeah, so I was stuck between hot dogs in New York and mm-hmm. halal. The halal guys, if they could ever, you know, sponsor this, oh my god, <laughs> just eat it all day, you know. <laughs> Dude, halal yeah, is actually uh, really good. When uh when I was younger, my uh my family and I used to travel a lot, so we would go to New York. And whenever we'd stop there, the, you know, kind of like the people who have been there, they'd be like, oh, you need to try this. It'd be a line of like 20 people waiting for this food. I'm telling you, it's it's pretty great. It's just a, a bunch of meat with some rice and, you know, a little salad and this famous white uh, white sauce that they put on it. And people will wait hours just to get that. Hmm. But you can't go wrong with the hot dog right next to Central Park. Bro, I feel like if you go to New York, you have to get, like, a hot dog. What are they called? Hoagies? A hot dog and pizza. Pizza. New York slice of pizza is probably one of the things I need to try before I die. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. Always the original is better. The halal New York on the street is way better than these chains that are out here on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. I feel like once you get into a chain, the food quality just kind of drops. And I'm not saying like they're terrible. They are pretty good. It's pretty good. I I do still eat it because mm-hmm. you know I do love me some halal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what I like street food. I, honestly, I would say tacos because I love tacos. I've gone tacos to on the street. Tacos on the street, man. Like in L.A. or really in the Bay. Good. I've never actually had tacos. I've always do. They're always cooking up the the corn or the hot dogs with the bacon and like the onions. Oh, you should uh. Even like in Modesto, like anything after like a concert, they'll have vendors all outside. They're like, "This is the best place, you know, to to sell." You know, mm-hmm. so they'll be out there right after. No, I I I do want to try like more street foods, but I feel like in our area, like there's not a whole bunch. Like literally, the closest street food we have is that one place in downtown. Uh, I can't. I, I don't want to give too much information out. But Are you it's down about, to. Uh... It's next oh. to that uh, Quick and Pay, next to Quick and Payers in that area. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they have like this stand and they cook outside. And literally, that's like the closest thing to street food I think we have out here. Well, not to uh, go too far off of what we're talking about, but we did used to have like, you know, um, Hispanics going around with the, you know, like the. the how we we did used to have the bread going around the Dude, sweet bread. I told I was telling my mom the other day, I was like, we don't I've never I haven't seen that guy in like forever. Maybe just the quit, man. people, dude. Yeah. They're super sweet. Like I've I mean I never knew a lot of like I don't speak great Spanish, but 
that I would always go up and ask for uh, <laughs> what was it? It was that cake with the pink frosting on top with sprinkles. Oh. Like, but it's like the circle sprinkle. But yeah, yeah. That's what I would always ask for. And this one guy, he drove, I think it was a pink van too. He would always come by the block. And if my mom had money, we'd go out and she talked to him. She had my order and it was always just so like soft and it felt i just felt like it was just always made fresh like right then and there yeah but i do feel like it would take a lot because they drive around in vans you'd have to like pretty much convert the back of the van into like an oven pretty much just to keep it warm mm-hmm. yeah um but the ones i'm talking about are like the ones that we used to sell like uh uh like corn and like you know um i don't know if you know like duritos mm-hmm. you know all that like the raspados all that I don't even see them around. I haven't seen mm-hmm. them in years. No, me either. I feel like, I don't know, the the part of me that's like getting older, it's like that was my childhood, just uh, having that around. Yeah. I don't, honestly, this summer, I didn't even see the ice cream man that come around. Uh, Dude, when I was in high school, uh, there was this huge, like, taco truck style um gentleman that would drive around and me and my friend in high school would always be like bro look at this guy and like we would look at his inventory because this man sold ice cream popcorn hot cheetos with cheese in the bag chips like he sold so much loaded dude he was literally loaded and i we would always look at him be like it's fat boy fantasy like (laughs) always all the time like just rush him and there was a story because he always carried like this sick looking dagger on his on his waist mm-hmm. and someone said that someone tried to steal something and he took the dagger out and <laughs> like sliced the kid's thumb off or finger off and it just became like this urban legend of of our area like <laughs> that's why yeah, <laughs> i know exactly where he lives because he parks that bad boy like in his driveway and so like every time i do go by that street i'm like fat boy fantasy like you need to come back <laughs> I'm just like I I just can't believe like that like little like urban legend circulated around him and so people were like always scared to like come up to over him. well no like over I guess like overstep their boundaries with giving him money because they were so scared like he was gonna chop their fingers off. <laughs> oh man, sounds wild. Um, you want to keep uh, talking about food or did you want to segue into one of your topics? Um. We can keep talking about food, but there's something you did mention earlier that I did kind of want to talk about. I think it's interesting. I don't know you, and I don't think any of our listeners really know us too well. Um, I want to talk about our childhoods. Oh. Yeah, I feel like that's something interesting to talk about. You want to go? You, I'll uh, let you go. Well, <laughs> my childhood... Man, um, so my parents were both Mexican immigrants, came here to the U.S. Um, my mom was actually pregnant when, uh, you know, she came over. So growing up, I didn't know any English because the only thing that was spoken in my household was Spanish. So uh, the first few years of school were really rough. Uh, I was in uh, English uh, language development classes because I, I, I didn't know any, any English at, at all. Now, we were not wealthy at all. We used to, when we first got here, we used to live with uh, a lot of my uncles and aunts that were already established here. But um, I know my parents are fighters, and they've always done what they had to do to build their own life. And 
we're not even rich now. We still we we struggle. This isn't a booming uh, economy where we're at by any mm-hmm. means. Very very poor community. Mm-hmm. But you know we may do. Um, uh, I eventually you know obviously I learned English now that I'm <laughs> talking here. <laughs> uh, it was so funny. Using because, Google Translate this entire time. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny because um, when uh, I finally. Uh, quote unquote graduated from my classes. They held a pizza party for us just to say that we knew English. So <laughs> I was like, all right, this is kind of demoralizing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, around like third grade, I was learning just enough English to where I could uh, um, follow along with school. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you know, I don't regret. And my my parents did everything to give me a, a good childhood, and you know, not waste it. We used to travel a lot. Um, I remember one of my first trips was to Disney World out in Orlando. So, you know, I I, I do know my parents care for me. And my childhood um, may have not been the easiest, but, you know, at least I'm not, you know, struggling now with life and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Pretty much real how quick, my childhood went. Real quick question. Um, you know, people say that English is one of the hardest languages to learn. Uh, I don't think it is the hardest, but I know I do understand how they could say it is hard. Do you remember English being hard to learn? Um, like honestly, now that I'm 25, I hardly remember elementary school. Mm-hmm. But what I do remember vividly from like kindergarten, I couldn't remember shapes because I would confuse the names of them. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this was back. I was in kindergarten uh, 2000, 2001. Um, oh, I had a, I had a trouble. I I knew what the shapes were, but I didn't know what the names were. So I, I sometimes I'd be like, my uh, we would take a. I don't know if you ever did, Mike, because I know you're two years older than I am. Um, we would take these tests like at the end of the year, when you're like really young. They'd be like, oh, what's this? And they'd be like, oh, that's a square. And you know, they'd write it or they'd like exit mm-hmm. to see if you were ready to go on to the next grade. Yeah, it's like a proficiency test i think yeah i think so so i had a lot of that uh trouble of that growing up also (laughs) i don't know if the viewers want to i don't know if the listeners want to hear this but um, uh, i did i was a bit of a misfit when i was young Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh in hispanic households that doesn't fly So there was a lot of talking tos yeah. when I was younger, yeah. Oh, but with with English, yeah, it did take me a while, well, especially because I couldn't I couldn't practice it anywhere else but school. But school, yeah, I can yeah. imagine how how that's, you know, kind of, I, and it's nowhere near the same. But like Japanese, like I feel like the only way I could learn is if I'm in school and right now we're in this situation where we can't be in school. And I only talked to one other person in my class and we're both like, kind of like, I think that's right. So I mean, (laughs) you were were like five or six and you had to do that, like kind of like on your own. So that's, you know, kudos to you. That's, that's awesome. How to kind of learn. Um, (laughs) I don't know if this is a little shout out, but I did manage to learn some English Mm -hmm. from like blues clues. I loved blues clues when I was a kid. (laughs) So I my dad Blue's Clues because of my sister. <laughs> yeah, Blue's Clues. Uh, my dad would buy me, uh, one VHS tape. So VHS, remember those mm-hmm. big cartridges? Um, 
my dad would buy one every Sunday from a Kmart, RIP Kmart. Right. <clears throat> oh man, <laughs> Kmart was the go-to place, man. Dude, they had good fries. <laughs> man, just I remember when we were young, we would just go just to play the games. Uh huh. Oh yeah, Kmart was always the spot. We're like, oh, we're not doing anything. Let's go to Kmart. But yeah, my my dad uh, bought me a lot of uh, Blue's Clues. And I learned from that. And I remember growing up, I would always watch uh, the Magic School Bus. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, dude. Magic School Bus was... <clears throat> Magic School Bus was amazing. Mm-hmm. I saw a post recently, and I was like, the real ones who taught us like in class. And it was Bill Nye. There was another guy I don't know, the science kid. And then um, the school, the Magic School Bus. And I was like, that's so true. Dude. Like, I learned so much from those guys. Um, I do remember Max Gobos was really uh, <clears throat> good at explaining stuff, even for like you know a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's how uh, mostly I learned uh, English. My dad, he understands English. You know, he's been here for twenty-five years now, mm-hmm. but he has a hard time speaking it. But he learned it from watching Simpsons and Family Guy. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> how my dad learned. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you? Um, well, I was born and raised. Well, actually, just born. <laughs> just born. Just born in Modesto, because I only spent to like '95, so I was born in '93. I think in '95 I went to. I think that's when we moved. We moved to Atwater, and that you know, or yeah, that's where I was born and raised, and pretty much I lived my life here. I loved hanging out with my neighborhood friends. I never, ever really, like, was a person to sit inside because I was alone. Like, my family was an hour and a half away. All my cousins that I used to hang out with were, you know, an hour and a half away. So I loved to be out in the dirt making Hot Wheels tracks and stuff like that. Um, And I would hate being alone. Like, I hated not having a friend to hang out with and talk to. Um, I, I just hated it. And <clears throat> even my mom's like, I kind of feel bad because, you know, you were alone a lot. I was like, yeah, mom, I know you wonder why I'm <laughs> the way I am today. I went to kindergarten. I got in trouble a few times. I wasn't really necessarily a, a smart kid. I think I was just like an av- like a legit, like average Joe. Like my story is, is pretty plain. <laughs> I don't really have much. It wasn't, I, I went to one elementary school. I got moved. Um, uh, during third grade, I believe. Yeah. Fourth grade, I started at a different elementary school. That's where I met a lot of like my, um, teen friends. I would say like a lot of people that I would hang out with till I was in high school. I'm there sorry, was a I don't lot want to of cut you off, but how how difficult is it going from a school like, like just transitioning to a different school? Because I was lucky enough to keep going to the same school and finish like the whole years I was there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine what it is like making friends and then leaving them and then, you know, having to make new friends. Yeah. So I think when you're a kid, especially at that age, like, it is very scary. I remember I was terrified to go to Tom's or the other school. Sorry. (laughs) And uh, I remember fourth grade, first year, I had this teacher named Miss Patterson, and I felt like. I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, but I did not feel like she liked a certain people and i was in that class 
And I felt like she was so mean to me. I remember I had to go into a parent-teacher conference because I felt uh, my parents were like, why are you failing? Like, we're going to have a conference with her. And she asked, what's going on? Like, why are you failing? I help you with everything. I'm like, no, you don't. And I start crying. And I'm like, <laughs> you're so mean to me. Like, I legit was bawling. And I was telling this teacher how mean she was. And my parents were like, I remember they took me home. They didn't believe and, you? No, they did. They they actually mm-hmm. like, do you want McDonald's? Like, we didn't know this is how you were being treated. Because they could see how this teacher was interacting with me. Yeah. Like, they could sense that she was being super fake. Uh, I will never forget her because I did not like her. <laughs> she made me cry. Uh, but I, you know, like I said, I did make some friends there. Uh, I think that's where I met one of our other friends. Um, I met him in sixth grade and we actually got in trouble for really explicit your mom jokes. Oh. Yeah, we were passing back your mom jokes and we got Oh, caught. you remember that? Passing notes in class. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I give you feel old now. <laughs> I went to another, you know, after I think sixth grade, we went to a different or a different school. It was a middle school, I believe. And that's where it was like I was pretty scared to be honest. It was not, you know, it's not known for being like a buhag school, I guess you would say. If you catch my oh, catch kind of like clean, do not. Uh, it, this school is clean. It's just the people. I mean, uh, there was thugs everywhere. I was like, bro, I'm gonna, I'm gonna graduate eighth grade looking like a thug. <laughs> um, for the the listeners that don't know, our community is very ag orientated, so there's a lot of like, uh, cowboys out here in these parts. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> nothing wrong with them. No, no, no. Uh, it's just. That's just the biggest thing that's out here. Yeah, I think that's what our our area is actually known for is agriculture more than anything else. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I I went through there. It wasn't until high school that my mom and dad started trying to get me more involved because I was always either. I think up until 7th or 8th grade, I started staying inside more and I started playing video games. And my parents were like, okay, it's cool. Like, let him do his thing. And we would actually, um, we, no, I don't, please don't think bad of me or my family. We are no, we're not rich. But at one point in our household, we had three Xboxes, 360s, and we would play this game called Gears of War. And we would have a family night where it was my mom, my dad, me, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, and we'd do private matches and we would just game for like two or three hours in a row. And that was when it was kind of okay. It wasn't until high school I started getting more like latched onto video games. And that's when my dad signed me up for uh, football. I hated that. <laughs> I really hated doing any physical activity because already, I forgot to mention this, I was... Uh, I, many people might not know this. Uh, very few people know that I was actually in Scouts. I was a Scout, and then I went to Boy Scouts. In middle school, they signed me up for Taekwondo. So I was doing three different activities, and I was like, I'm so over this. I hate I hate all of it. <laughs> I just want to play video games. Like I don't want to do anything else. Um, you know, I continued my high school career. I dropped out of Scouts. I almost was an Eagle Scout which is like the highest 
in Taekwondo, I almost had my black belt, but I stopped. Uh, football, I stopped after freshman and just focused on academics. And I had lots of dreams of becoming, doing things by the time I was 21, but, you know, things in life change. Life happens. Yeah. Uh, I've lived in Atwater. Sorry. <laughs> I, I told Alex, like, well, let's not try to be so, like, specific, but I'm just out here. Like, when you get in the, like, zone, like, you're just talking and you don't really watch what you say. So I do apologize. But I've lived here in Atwater majority of my life. I did move with some family down south for the last six months of my high school career, I guess. Then I came back. And then I've been here ever since. It's not and as here, And here exciting. you said it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> it's not exciting. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, like, when I think back to it, I was like, man, I should have just went for the Eagle Scout. I should have went for Black Belt. Because my, like, teacher for Taekwondo was, like, he was impressed with me and this other girl. And he was actually thinking, and I think he talked to my mom and talked to the other girl's mom, that he wanted us to teach classes. Mm-hmm. But I, at that time, I was, like, kind of, like, burning out. Because I had been doing it, I think, for, like, what, four years, I believe. And I was just getting tired. And uh, I kind of regret, like, not staying in sports and being active. I, I get feel it. like yeah like i i wish i would have after high school i picked up track i guess or cross country i would be running i started running a lot i think it was kind of like to take the stress away of being an adult because when you go from out of high school i lived with uh, a girlfriend at the time and i was only 18 my parents were in sacramento you know hour and a half away and i'm kind of having to do this like not on my own like i had people there but like still like you're on your own technically and you have no idea what to do you don't know how rent works and i remember i would try looking for a place to rent and the lady asked well what's your price range i was like oh like 300 250 and she's like laughed at me and she's like are you are you serious i was like um yeah i mean that's how much i'm getting charged right now she's like oh you're not gonna find anything for like that low like maybe 500 or 600 i was like ugh <laughs> oh man that's all my money for the month <laughs> uh, i didn't even make that much uh at the time i was working at you know good old blockbuster oh r.i.p blockbuster too r.i.p blockbuster i always <laughs> tell my dad you're the reason why that that went down solely took over <laughs> but yeah man that that's kind of like my childhood um different experience but it was for sure something i always want to go back to Oh, yeah. I do remember uh, my high school life being so much fun because I did involve myself with a lot of sports, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially, you know, track, just um, going to go out besides your academics, going out to like invitationals on Saturdays Mm -hmm. where you're pretty much racing the best of, you know, your county or like the region just to see how good you are. Uh, And just, you know, you know, friends you grew up with and see how you know, you get to see how competitive you really are, even with yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, I, you always want to hit a PR. I feel, um, if we have any, like, young listeners in high school, I feel like, or I'm hoping that COVID kind of helps you realize, like, how much you need to be in high school and how much more you should be in, like, participating. In or just enjoying because, in general. Yeah, like, high school, like, they say, like, high school is the funnest you know that's a fun part of your life and honestly it was a fun part i didn't really have a lot of fun 
Like I did enjoy it, but I had the most fun my last six months when I was in a new high school because I could be someone else. And I'm not saying I was someone else. I'm just saying people didn't um, know you, you could do yeah, it. Yeah, and I I was like super popular. You know, I was I was decent over here, but over there I was like a superstar. Like they'd never <laughs> seen someone from outside their their area. <laughs> I remember that. Like I felt like I was super popular. So like you get to experience. Like you should go definitely go out and experience. And I keep telling my brother like I hope. He he knows, it, you know, it, maybe if he didn't get invited or maybe he did get invited, he didn't want to go. Like, I don't want him to regret that type of stuff in the future. Though, I do, um, you know, for any of the listeners who are still in high school or going to be in high school, I do regret not involving myself more with, like, just going to sports and, like, seeing your fellow classmates. Like, just mm-hmm. how fun that can be. Because um, my younger brother, he's three years younger, and I would go to all his sports, just, you know, encourage him. But then I saw myself getting involved at it, too, like my senior year. And I just felt like, oh, man, this was so fun. Like, why didn't I do this earlier? Or even prom. I wasn't even going to go to prom. I said, no, that's not for me. Like, you know, some like, you're just, I don't know how to dance and this and that, you know. Mm -hmm. But after that experience, you're like, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, for sure. I, I never went to any dances. And, um. I did go to prom, and I actually really did enjoy prom. Speaking of prom, I have a little story. I don't know if you know this. So um, we ended up going as a group. It was me and, like, five other of my classmates. So it was, uh, you know, three couples going. And uh, we all go to this this restaurant in the next town over. And, you know, we're all dressed up. We show there. And, you know, prom is usually, like, at the end of the year for us. Mm -hmm. So, like, the, you know the elders like know what's going on they're like oh you guys want a prom today and you're like yeah so we're all dressed up you know we're gonna have to eat and then head out to the prom mm-hmm. what ends up happening is it oh. was six of us the there was this one couple who paid for all of our dinners yeah yeah yeah. you did tell me this. that's yeah so <laughs> i'm like damn that's like like heartwarming and like you know you go enjoy your prom after that yeah i feel like people nowadays aren't like that at all like, oh no I I was driving on the highway and I saw this gentleman and it, it wasn't extremely hot but when you're in I don't know 90 degree weather and your car needs gas and you're you have to walk up a ramp go get gas like I felt really bad for the for the guy I was like why didn't anybody stop to help this gentleman but like we live in in a world where like anything could happen and anybody might be something that they're not projecting themselves to be yeah but it just makes me kind of sad. Like, man, why why aren't people like that? Like, just helping each other out more. Yeah. You know, if I would have saw him, I would have helped him. But he was already on his way back with the gas tank. So I was like, oh, yeah. I guess I guess he got <laughs> what he needed. <laughs> There's a lot of um, stuff going on nowadays that people just um like even um it breaks my heart to see like a veterans uh like older veterans just like asking for money on the side of the road where. You know, I'm like, I mean, if I was in that situation, I want someone to help me. So I always give them some money as much as I can mm-hmm. and, you know, just try to pay it forward. And I know they, they'll probably do the same thing for someone else. Yeah. That's one thing I do regret about not. Re- I don't think I ever carry cash on me. But when I do see someone and they come up to me, uh, sometimes you could tell who's who needs it and who doesn't. And I feel like everybody yeah. who's who's ever asked me for it, like they always, always need it. And uh, there's some days I do regret like not 
having um cash on cash me. on me, yeah. But then you have instances like my family. <laughs> this happened like six or seven years ago, maybe even more. They were at Lowe's and my dad was on the phone and a homeless person comes up and she's like she knocks on my mom's window, she's like, You got any cash? And my mom's like, um, no, but maybe my husband might. And she goes with my dad. My dad's on a corporate call talking to like top notch supervisors. Uh-huh. And she's like, hey, you got any cash on you? And he's like, <laughs> he gives her the finger like, hold on. And then she's waiting and he gets off the phone. And I, I think he's like, she says, you wait, you made me wait all this time. You're not going to give me any cash. And he's like, I was going to give you cash, but now that you treat me like this, I'm not going to give you any cash. Man. I was like, oh my God. Like there are people out there that are like that. They just expect things, I guess. Uh, I don't know if uh, you've been out recently, but they they try to get you at the gas station too. They say they're going to pump for, uh, they're, they're going to pump gas. And you just don't even see them anymore. No, I, I, I go to the one here by my house but i haven't haven't really had that experience happens a lot at night (laughs) oh yeah i don't i try not to get gas at night unless i'm like really lazy because i know like before work like i don't have much time to do much before work because i usually sleep in i'm like i'm tired i want to sleep in Um, yeah no when i was in my warehouse shop uh coming home at like 5 30 in the morning oh yeah and you know you just want to go home so you just pump gas and then so you don't have to do it when you have to go back and that's when you start seeing the crazies mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. I don't want to cut us off, but we are approaching the hour mark. You have any last things you want to say? This was fun. This was a, I definitely want to do this again. Definitely fun. I feel like we did pretty good. I feel we weren't as bad as I probably thought we were going to be. That's <laughs> awkward. It was fun. Definitely for sure was fun. I could see myself doing this a lot more i just you know i hope you guys vibed out with this too just kind of you know thought about things yourselves like well how was my childhood and this podcast we want to just talk about everything and anything except you know controversial stuff we don't want to you know divide the audience but we do enjoy talking i can tell you that much and food we really do love food do love our food we're on the hefty side yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody, I hope you did enjoy this podcast. This is Motel A&M. This is Michael and Alex signing off. I guess. Later.